0: Hello, hello, people. Welcome back to another week of DQ with Damani. I know y'all are very excited for me to get into this ridiculousness that happened this past weekend between George Cambosos and the former IBO lightweight champion of the world, Maxi Hughes. I have to be clear. There are several times on this show where I've said, oh, this fight was a robbery, that fight was a robbery." This guy definitely deserved the nod or a little bit more respect from the judges. But I do have to say that Maxie Hughes was disrespected by these judges. Let's keep it real here. There are guys like Jermaine Franklin who went through the exact same thing. Fought in a country that has absolutely no relation to them, no fan base whatsoever. The exact same thing happened to Maxie Hughes. That man had no American fans absolutely nobody except for die-hard fans of boxing and other fighters themselves know who Maxi Hughes is. This guy is a complete underdog in this fight. George Cambosos is coming in. And, oh, this is my return. This is going to be my biggest fight since Teofimo. This is going to be my huge comeback tour. A victory will. No, no, absolutely not. That man got outboxed and I will explain why so the situation seemed pretty calm at first in the earlier stages of the fight but once we progressed past round four into round five we started to see the old cambosos come back leaving his left hand low trying to do the little awkward shoulder roll step off to the side and counter which obviously wasn't working against a guy like maxi hughes because he's not a complete forward pressure fighter maxi hughes is obviously not that fighter So why would you want to implement this game plan on someone such as himself? It made absolutely zero sense. And he continued to do it. And not only did his coach not say anything, he didn't even realize throughout the entire duration of the fight. Yes, the entire duration, because he continued to use this method in order to try to get at Maxi. It didn't work. And he still didn't try to fix it. It made zero sense. Maxi Hughes is a counterpuncher. He fights well off the back foot, and he moves side to side very, very well. He is a perimeter-based fighter. And when you have a perimeter-based fighter and not a slugger, a shoulder roll technique is not going to work. They're waiting for you to come forward. How, how, like, the, the math is not math in y'all. I want y'all to think about this. Imagine a counterpuncher facing a slugger pretending to be a counterpuncher. It makes no sense whatsoever. What straight punches are is he going to throw for you to get that left shoulder roll off? None. He's waiting for you to come in range, make sure he has his lead foot on the inside, and counter, which is exactly what Maxie Hughes did several times. His left hook to the body was amazing. I do have to applaud him for that. That was the best left hook to the body from a southpaw that I've seen in a very long time. Tank's Counter to the body is amazing. I do have to say that. But Maxie Hughes landed it perfectly every single exchange. Now, when I say that he was disrespected, I mean that the judges would straight up take entire rounds off and just say, oh, yeah, Cambosos won. Cambosos did enough to win the round when he clearly did not Did Cambosos do enough to win? I think he turned up the heat in the latter half of the fight. But that still does not mean that it was a good performance from him. That was not a good performance at all. Anybody who says that that fight against Maxie Hughes was a good or great performance from George Cambosos is lying. They're lying. And if they're, if they're not lying, they've got to be just obsessed with that man. And, and I talk about this very often. There are people who are obsessed with fighters because of their personhood. They're not obsessed with the fighter because of their skill. They're obsessed with who that person is. This is the exact same problem that people have with fighters like Tank, fighters like Anthony Joshua, fighters like Ryan Garcia even, the the Canelitos. There's, there's, There's so many different fighters where you see this type of thing happen. And I'm starting to see it begin to take shape with George Cambosos, and I don't really like that. It's it's, it's a bunch of grown men on social media who are just standing these fighters. It's very strange. That is another person, bro. You should not be fanboying over this man. You should appreciate his skill, appreciate his work, and at a certain point, when he doesn't have a good performance, just admit it and be truthful. It's very, very weird behavior from the boxing circles that are starting to come about these days. It's very strange. And I don't know if we're ever going to be able to make it out of this unless we start talking about it more frequently, because I don't think that there's anyone else aside from me and my show talking about this right now at all, other than maybe the boxing voice, Nestor Gibbs and, you know, our boy Ringwalk Danny. Those guys definitely talk about it all the time. These guys are fans of the man and not the fighter, but Other than myself, other than them, like I just said, nobody's really talking about it. And I think that it needs to be discussed way, way more because when there's situations like this in a complete perfect scenario where Maxi Hughes could have gotten a draw, he was robbed. And then people are going on social media saying, oh, man, Cambosos did great. Cambosos, he's yeah, he's a he's a world champion again. So what? No, be truthful. That man did not perform the way he wanted to. And it's time to accept it. Yes, yes, yes. I stayed up extra late just so I could deliver you guys the news. Stephen Fulton, in the most shocking moment of his career, goes down to Naoya Inoue. I have no idea why we all doubted this man. You could say It was the plaster in his gloves. You could say, oh, the wrapping technique. You could say the repackaged gloves. There's so many different things you could say that could possibly be used to diminish this man's performance. But I have to just focus on the level of skill, patience, and integrity that he applied to that performance alone. He didn't throw a single low blow. He didn't play dirty in the clinch. He, he boxed very clean. He showed to everyone around the world, hey, you guys are saying that my raps are the problem. I'm going to show you guys exactly why my talent is the problem. I am the problem. Not my raps, not my gloves. They're, they're, there's nothing going on except for me. If you can figure me out, then you could beat me. But until someone can do that, I will remain undefeated. And that's exactly what happened just now. I do have to say that I'm very, very pleased with Fulton's performance, despite the fact that he lost. And I know a lot of people are going to be surprised at the fact that I'm saying that while he got knocked out. But this is the exact reason why I feel this way. He showed up very game against a huge power puncher who was moving up a weight class. He's moved up several weight classes, in fact. And he's won championships in all of them, had a knockout streak in just about all of them, like I said in last week's episode. He is an amazing boxer. So why am I saying this about Fulton when he got knocked out by such an amazing boxer? It's because he provided an excellent show of defense and composure. When he was getting bombed from overhand lefts overhand rights and sometimes even the body shots with the left hook he was able to guard effectively and tim bradley jr despite the fact that his commentary is sometimes a little biased let's be honest here i've mentioned it several times on here before as well we keep it 100 on the dq with the Monty podcast as usual that man was guarding a lot of those bombs he showed how you handle an attack like that from a dangerous fighter such as Naoya Inoue. And a lot of the Japanese guys in the lower weight classes, such as Inoue, have that kind of power. It's, it's starting to become a common trend. A lot of the times, these guys had a, a, a lot of skill boxing-wise. They were outboxers. But now we're starting to see a lot more in-fighters. And I'm very, very happy with the way that this fight played out. I also want to take my hat off to Stephen Fulton Jr. Like, I want people to put some respect on his name. For real, we got to put some respect on my man's name. Because a lot of other guys would have straight up just said, nah, I'm not going to fight this guy. Nah, I'm not going to defend my belts against this guy. Take, he I've, I, I said it. I swear. Every time I come on the show, I catch myself repeating the exact same things when it comes to fights like this, where a fighter goes all the way to a different country. He had such a huge weight on his shoulders, representing the black community, representing America, representing Philly down to the lo- the, the, just hit the location of his gym and his people. He represented all of these groups, and he had to do it against someone as ferocious as Naoya Inoue, a very, very, very devastating puncher. He knew what he was getting into, and I promise you, a lot of these other guys in the higher and lower weights would say, nope, hell no, nah. I'm not going to fight this guy because they know how big of a risk it is it is take you're you taking the chance of a lifetime to go out there. And I know that that man got paid because from the way that people are talking that 5 million, it might just turn into six or seven because he definitely showed once again, how to defend against a puncher such as Naoya Inoue. So regardless of how you feel about Stephen Fulton, regardless of how you feel about Naoya Inoue, you have to respect both men. Just take a listen to what Adrian Broner said to this man. Just just take a listen because the way that Broner handled this was great. Of course, you know, Broner, he's going to throw in his own little personal twist on certain things. But he was very, very supportive of Stephen Fulton. Just take a
1: listen. Hey, man, I wasn't going to say nothing, but I got to, man. I see a lot of niggas like putting up like bullshit posts like he got his ass kicked. Stephen got his ass kicked. But these the same niggas that ain't never put on a pair of box gloves in their life. They ain't never jumped in that square circle, bro. Especially with a with a with a bad motherfucker, a world-class fighter. Damn. Then these the same niggas who probably had a street fight and got their ass kicked for free. My nigga went over there chasing greatness and got paid great. It ain't about, about the money. He wanted to win, of course, but man, he he, he was doing what he had to do. And, and this, this type shit happened in this game, man. So I want to say to Steph, man, keep your motherfucking head up. Don't let that shit keep you down. Don't let that shit how you down at all. And I want to see you in Vegas this weekend, nigga. Come out, pop up, nigga. It's niggas like me that still love you, nigga. Love you the same. I love you more, nigga. The fuck, nigga? You got a heart of a lion, nigga. You ain't lay down, nigga. Niggas would have went over there and laid down. You ain't lay down, nigga. You tried to fight. You kept fighting.
0: And I'm very proud of the performance that both of them put on. It was a historic moment for Naoya Inoue and the people of Japan. So I'm very happy for them. For Stephen Fulton, it was his first loss, and some people aren't able to recover at all from losing their zero. But Stephen Fulton, as you could probably tell from the post-fight interviews and the way that he appeared on stage, he wasn't hurt. He didn't have any visible changes to his face, and he still looked like he was carrying himself with a sense of pride, a sense of accomplishment. He still believes in his heart that he is the quality exuding all of the characteristics of a world champion. And I do believe that regardless of whether or not he has those belts, he will always be a world champion in the hearts of the people. Whether you're Japanese, whether you're American, African, it, it, it does not matter what you subscribe to nationality-wise, ethnically either. You still know deep down in your soul, that Stephen Fulton is a world champion. The undefeated Errol Spence Jr. This is where it all versus Terrence by the Crawford. One of the best boxers on earth. It doesn't get any bigger than this.
1: This is gonna pull who the best fighter in the world is. There was only one in the end. Ain't no holding me back. Only one crown. This era. Only one can win. The Terence Crawford era. If it's only one crown. have come up for that motherfucking belt. This is where it all Who are the two best welterweights on the planet? It's these two guys by a country mile. There is only one thing left to find out. This is where it all Who is number 1?
0: All right, folks, last segment, and we're finally here. The fight that we have all been waiting for. Terrence Crawford, Errol Big Shark Spence Jr. We are back. The truth, the Big Shark, he had a heart whole lot of people turned up at his media workouts and his grand arrival there were there were literally crowds of people swarming him it felt like he, he well l- l- let me just say this boxers in a way are celebrities there are people who want to say oh but nba players and nfl players and they, they, they want to get real particular about which athletes are considered celebrities but let's just make it 100 percent clear boxers are celebrities whether you want to accept it or not they are so when that man stepped out and he had all of those people around him a whole entourage a whole crowd parade almost of people waiting there just to see him i'm like damn This boy has reached super stardom. The truth, the big shark has reached super stardom. And you cannot disagree with that. That is a fact. I'm very, very happy that he is finally starting to get the recognition that he deserves. Because when he fought Kell Brook, nobody was really giving him any attention other than the people in Texas and in New York. Because a, a, a lot of people don't know this. But yes, Errol Spence is from New York City. He is a big New York boy. So, don't get it twisted. Just because he lives over there in Houston, trains over there in Houston, don't make him no country boy. He is from New York City. He is from Brooklyn. Yes, sir. So, both of those places were the only people who were typically giving him attention. But now, the whole world is focused on him because this is arguably, like I said before on this show, the biggest fight of this generation, generation and we haven't had an undisputed champion in the weight class in forever so this is monumental This is finally breaking us out of the dark ages of boxing where belts are scattered all over the place. There's promotional beef, there's commission beef. People don't wanna recognize the IBO, which is a, a whole bunch of foolishness that I didn't even get to get to when it came to the Cambosos fight. But everything is finally coming together in the most perfect way possible. This is like that final piece of a puzzle that you're finally finishing. This is it, this is the last piece. Boxing is going to be complete once we have this. Screw the heavyweight division. Like I said last week, the heavyweight division might as well be done. It is time for us to focus on the lower weights. So I had a lot of people end up messaging me through the show and on social media asking me who I think is going to win this fight. Based on the preparation, based on the way these two men are talking. And my answer has not changed at all since the very first time I discussed this fight on the show. I still think that it is a 50-50 fight. And the reason I feel that way is for the exact same reason I brought it up originally. Both men are incredibly good at what they do. Terrence Crawford is an amazing switch hitter. Errol Spence is an amazing body puncher. His inside work is immaculate. Now, when you analyze just how durable both men are, Crawford has a chin. Spence has a chin. Every other aspect of their game, aside from the things that they do differently and are good at, are just about evenly matched. And they faced similar opponents. So, I do have to be completely honest with you guys. This is a 50-50 fight. If Crawford ends up getting a knockout, I won't be mad. If Spence ends up getting a knockout, I won't be mad. Points victory for either, I will not be mad either. But... To say that this fight will go one way or the other or one guy's better than the other is just a complete lie, and I don't want to do that on this show. You know, as always, we are going to keep it 100 on the DQ with Damani podcast. There is no cap involved on this show. I don't even wear one while I'm recording, so why would I start capping now? Regardless of that, I just want people to remember, don't get caught up in the madness. You're gonna see a whole lot of foolishness on social media. Oh, Spence is gonna get knocked out. Ah, oh, Crawford, he's gonna land a big, beautiful left hand on his chin and he's gonna No. Don't 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 get caught up in that foolishness. Don't be that person who spends hours on social media trying to find it's 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 not gonna happen. It's not gonna happen. What I suggest you all do is go and watch their previous matches. One that I would seriously recommend that has a common opponent between both men is Sean Porter. Sean Porter's match against Crawford and Errol Spence's match against my boy, Showtime Sean Porter. Those two fights with that common opponent give you just about everything you need to know about the way each man fights, how they approach the fight. Now, if you want to get you know a, a little bit further education involved there, for Spence, I would say watch his most recent match, which was against Jordanis Ugas. That, that fight was amazing. I had a fight party for it. If you're listening and you attended that fight party, I know you remember just how great the food was. The atmosphere was amazing. We had some yeet on in the background, because we do love yeet around here. But that fight was excellent. For Crawford, I would like you to watch his match against Kell Brook. That was that that was just an amazing performance all around that was a complete 10 out of 10 performance from Crawford so those two fights I would like you all to watch if you're going to educate yourself further but if you just want to see a match between a common opponent that each man has had please watch their fights respective fights against Showtime Sean Porter that was an amazing 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 match for both men between those fights and Sean Porter is always a game opponent so if you're just looking for some action you will not be disappointed so, I'm not sure if y'all been hearing this little trash talk and all this foolishness going down at the press conference, at the media workouts, but I want y'all to just take a listen to this. Roll it.
1: The main thing is, you know, I just want to tell people up, especially people behind me talking about their shit. No, <laughs> hey, no, a trash season, man, And <laughs> we gonna, and fish boil and then we all come Saturday night. <laughs> Saturday night, we're going to fish boil on Saturday. Night. Saturday, night. <laughs> Saturday night a an foregone that we are going to see hot hot action inside the ring with you and on Saturday. I'm not sure we're going to see territory action straight out the gate, yeah. but um, it's definitely going to be a great fight. I know his mentality, you know my mentality. If I push harder, you know you're going to push back even harder. If you push harder than me, I'm gonna
0: push back even harder too. So it's definitely gonna be an fight from both sides. I'm definitely gonna put on a great show. This man said a crawfish boil. That man is gonna cook him alive. And I can't wait to see it. I know y'all are very excited, but this trash talk, ooh, this trash talk. My man is really taking this seriously. And of course, he wants to silence the haters. What fighter does not want to silence the haters? in this crazy, crazy game of boxing. We want to see it all from Terrence Crawford. We want to see it all from Romero Spence Jr. And I promise you all that they are going to deliver on all of this crazy talk this coming Saturday, July 29th. Real quick, just before we wrap up, I know I said nobody really cares about the heavyweight division right now, but we do have Daniel Dubois versus Alexander Usyk. That fight... Whether or not you're a fan of Dubois, whether or not you're a fan of Usyk, that does create a bit more space in the division. So it does seem like it's going to be a promising fight. But I'm sure that you could all tell, judging from the tone of my voice, that I'm pretty much just gassed out of the heavyweight division. I'm really just tired of all the politics. I'm tired of the rankings being out of whack. I'm tired of belts being split up. I I, I don't care for anything else except for the undisputed fight. And we won't be having that for a long time. So for the foreseeable future, I'm not going to dedicate the same amount of energy to the heavyweights as I would the guys in the other weight classes, even though it's not necessarily Alexander Usyk's fault. It's not Daniel Dubois fault. It's the fault of the promoters. It's the fault of Tyson Fury. And it's the fault of ungrateful fans who do not believe that these guys should be fighting one another. So... Like I said, if you're interested in watching that fight, please make sure that you have your <laughs> you have your little illegal stream ready. You got your paid subscriptions ready. Whatever mode of access you are using to watch that fight, make sure that it is ready for that fight. I believe Saturday, August 26. Thank you all very much as usual for tuning into this week's episode of DQ with Damani. I hope you guys enjoy the Undisputed Wilterweight World Championship fight this weekend, July 29th. Make sure all of your eyes are glued on the TV. If you got tickets over in Vegas, make sure you're in those seats. Either way, you'll be seeing me post about it, talk about it, rant and rave about who I think is going to get this thing done. Please drink responsibly, drive safe if you're driving out there. God bless if you're flying. Everybody. I hope you have enjoyed this week's episode very, very much because I know I did. Be safe once again. God bless.